Nick, 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 Welcome everybody to True Exact Show. We are bringing in Nickelodeon month here. Uh, what happened was I watched the Orange Years on Hulu, little uh, plug there, and I saw a bunch of the guests, a bunch of the hosts, and I was like, let me try to reach out to a few. I'm rocking my Stick Stickly shirt right now. Boom! Exactly. Stick Stickly. I'm sorry to interrupt you. Stick Stickly was Nickelodeon's way of saying, man, we got to do something to summer. We can't before Mark Summers. Ah, classical stick. <laughs> <laughs> that is, that no. is, you know what? It makes perfect sense. This is perfect. Our first, our first guest here is uh, the host from Nick Arcade, a, a, you know, a show we watched growing up. And bro, <laughs> when I tell you like, watching this show growing up, just wanting to be on a show, it was like this and double there. And, you know, if you would have told six-year-old me that we would be talking to you, it would be like, wow, you're, you're out of your mind. So this is crazy. so cool. I'm introducing Phil Moore. How you doing, man? Hey, what's up? What's up, fellas? How's everybody doing? Thanks oh, for having me. Good. Great, man. Now, but your audience, we were talking a little bit earlier. What the audience doesn't know is behind the scenes, behind the scenes stuff to shuffle things around. So I really appreciate, number one, all of y'all rearranging the schedule and moving things all over the place to slide my brown behind in here. Because uh, I just was like, you know, I got – craziness going on but i wanted to get this in because if we didn't get in now we wouldn't be able to like do it for like oh, a couple months so exactly. i'm glad we're making exactly. it happen uh, exactly and it's awesome to make it happen and like we said we'll always accommodate the guests coming on we'll, i'll shove my parents aside to get these guests on i'm sorry ray and joanne but it has to happen this is nickelodeon this helped raise me this helped raise me you should be thanking them matter of so, fact, fact i should get some of that child support yeah <laughs> <laughs> that, my dad will say my dad will tell you you can have it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> alright so Phil what we want to do here is just first before we get into the show you hosted and stuff I want to know about you we'd love to know like your background how you got into hosting and how you got into Nickelodeon man if you want to start from scratch alright well here we go Look, I, and I, I always forewarn people that out of everything people want to hear honestly this is probably the most boring part Okay. Because it really, like, in reality, it's like just a series of auditions. You know what auditions are? You go in place, you cross your fingers, you bite your nails, you hope you can stop eating top ramen and grilled cheese sandwiches and get the darn <laughs> job. And, and you just go in and you just, you know, read what it says. Um, but initially, I started out um, uh, doing stand-up comedy. Uh, and one of the cool things, I was living in Orlando at the time. I'm not from Orlando. I'm from, from Baltimore. Mm -hmm. But uh, I went to school down in Florida, ended up in Orlando, was working. And while I was working my regular job, I started, you know, doing stand-up comedy. Sort of like a weekend thing. And then I ended up getting um, picked up by a manager out of New York. And this guy was like, look, you got to come up here for like a couple months. I'll hook you up. And I was like, open, at the opening act for a lot of big stars. And I was opening for some pretty big people now, but they were relatively unknowns then. I was working for, I opened for um, uh, Drew Carey, I opened for... Jerry Seinfeld for Sinbad, uh, the late, great Richard Jenny, um, you know, a bunch of those guys. And, and while I was there, um, I worked for the late, great Ken Ober. And, and at the time, he was the host of an MTV game show called Remote, Remote Control. Yes. Right. Love All right. Love that show. Right? <laughs> now, the thing about the way y'all talking about me 
that was me remote control. I was like, mom, dad, I don't know who you are. Remote control is on. Shut up. Yep. I would watch that show. I would do the sing along with Collins, you know, everything. I was into that show. Uh, and, and so I, I was working someplace. They, my, my manager got me a thing opening for Ken Ober and like, you know, uh, 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 what's, what is it called in New York? Um, I, I keep wanting to say Long Beach. Long Beach is in California. Long, Long Island. Island. Long wow. Island. Thank you. Yeah, Long Island. And uh, and when I got done, I was like, look, man, um, I, I kind of want to maybe transition. Is there a name? Just anybody that I can maybe go talk to. I'm not asking you to even put a word in for me. I'll go through all the legwork. But if you can get me past all the BS pencil pushes and get me right to the right person, I'll write my letter. I'll make my phone call. I'll have them and I'll never tell them who made this zit appear on their ass. <laughs> so, uh, and, and that's what I started doing. And finally, I finally got a meeting with one of the people there. And honestly, to this day, I can't remember who the person was. But, um, I, you know, I told him I was living in Florida. I was here doing this, that, and the other. Well, then they started doing MTV Spring Breaks in Florida. Mm. And they started, they said they were going to shoot some episodes of Remote Control in Florida at the new the newly built but not open yet Disney MGM Studios. Now it's called like Disney Hollywood or something. But that opened first and then um, it was like the second theme park outside of Disney World. And, uh, and now it's called, I think it's called Disney Hollywood Studios. But anyway, yeah. um, they were gonna be shooting remote control there and they were trying to save costs on flying as many people down as they could. So they said, let's see if we can hire some locals. And so they hired me to do audience warm up. Okay. for remote control and literally that's where all the balls started rolling i mean i was the guy now more people in my own city knew who i was because they would come out to taping the show all the press would come and eventually nickelodeon announced that they were going to move down and mtv and nickelodeon are our sister companies they're owned by viacom okay. so they started going through like okay the same deal who do we have already down there and they were looking to do um, game shows. And eventually, I just ended up auditioning and ended up landing, uh, you know, the host of Nick Arcade. Were you a, I, I don't want to, like, use this term, but, like, when we saw Bob, our parents used to play Richard Jenny, like, VHS tapes, I remember. And, you know, Rodney Dangerfield when we were younger. And um, I, I remember Bob Saga was on there, and he was a dirty comic, but I knew him from Full House. So I was like, right. wait, doesn't make sense. Were you like that type of comic and went to Nickelodeon or were you like a family friendly comic? <laughs> All right, so here's the deal. I wasn't out to try to do anything super crazy, but see, when I started doing stand-up, like that, I was one of those guys with a whole family. Everybody and their mama and them wanted to come to the show. So the way I kind of did my stand-up was, no, I wasn't a G comic. I would say if you would have to rate me, I was PG-13. Okay. I actually started, I wrote, I wrote because, because, you know, any day out of the week, my parents would fly down, you know, aunts would be coming, that kind of thing. I was married at the time, so her mother would want to come and bring all her, well, you know, we're going to bring the ladies from the church here. I'm like, no, don't bring the ladies to the church. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm opening for Andrew Dice Clay next week. Don't come, no. <laughs> um, but, but what I did was, I actually said I would, I worked my material so that no matter what I wrote, I personally wouldn't feel uncomfortable doing it in front of them. So I kind of let mom know, mommy, go ahead and say, ma'am, and shit a couple times, but you know. But I kind of left it in that zone where if I were a movie, I'd be rated PG 13. So that's real. Cool, I was pretty man. much the same. I was pretty much the same guy you saw on the, I didn't have to do a dramatic change right. in order to do Nickelodeon. 
I have to say, you let off saying that was a very boring part. I could safely say that was not boring at all. No. <laughs> that really wasn't boring at all. Like, if that's boring, like, shit, that's great. But, um, what, what, go on, go on. What I was going to say, the one part I left out, though, because I didn't want to make it too long, but if you enjoyed that, yeah, here is literally, here is literally the pivotal thing. There's one event that happened. That was pivotal. I kind of skipped to the part of, then I just said, hey, let's start auditioning. And eventually I auditioned. But I was uh, at the Disney MGM Studios. They were doing, they were shooting a lot of shows there. America's Funniest Home Videos, $1,000 things, Cisco and Ebert, end of the year movie <coughs> countdown. Um, you know, they were shooting everything there. And they started shooting Let's Make a Deal before it went, you know, they, they revived the show right. before the Wayne Brady years. And, and um, it was, it was uh, a Dick Clark production, the late, great Dick Clark. And he would come to the studio, but I never saw him. He was one of these guys in the ivory tower. Never saw him. Well, one day, uh, the show was almost done. We were out getting ready for the big deal. We had, we're in a commercial break, and there was a zonk earlier, and the stage manager comes to me and goes, okay, so now I got five minutes worth of material left. I'm ready to go home. You do the big deal. Thank you for coming. Get your bus out of there. Go give Walt his money. Um, but, but, but unbeknownst to me, the zonk was an elephant and the stage manager calls me up and goes, ah, yo, Phil, uh, the elephant took a dump on the stage floor. It's going to be about 20 minutes for us to clean, literally clean that shit up. <laughs> so I had to stretch and I started improving with the audience. Let me get, my material was almost done. And so here's the pivotal moment when everything got done, stage manager said, we're ready to go, but hold on. Um, somebody wants to come out and say hi, and I go, okay, and he whispers in the ear, it's Dick Clark, and he's Dick Clark. So I'm kind of freaking out, because I've been working on this show now for like three months, I've never seen the cat. Here he comes now, and I have to introduce him. So I do, the 900 people in the, in the studio audience lose their mind, because you know, it's, it's, it's again, it's the 90s, right. Dick Clark was still the king so of He was the shit, yeah. Right, exactly, and like, you know, you got gray hairs there, and they remember him from American Bandstand, people lost their mind. And when I handed him the microphone after doing this wonderful introduction, I start to walk away. He grabs me by the elbow. He goes, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, I just want to say before he walks off, uh, 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 normally when something like this happens, us in the control room, we kind of get a little frantic because we don't know, we don't want to lose the audience. But I've never had so much fun waiting for crap to be cleaned up than I had watching this guy right here. Big hand for Fillmore. And I was like, wow. That's a co-sign, so, man. So, that's yeah, a co-sign. That, that's like getting called over to Johnny Carson's couch after your right. stand-up. That's how you knew perfect, he liked you. Right. Perfect, man. That's, that's, so you knew you were perfect. in. Right. Yep. So, so, so what I did was I went home, called my agent, and I said, okay, look, I want my own TV show. And she very sarcastically, <laughs> oh, well, let me just call the You're TV very yeah. Or let me... Let me just, you know, shake my <laughs> magic eight ball. Will he get a show? You know? And, and I told her the whole story. And I said, and that's exactly what I said. I said, Dick Clark validated me today. Right. I was having fun doing what I did. But the day he would be validated that I think I'm ready for the next step. And yeah. then I said, I, I said, don't send me out for commercials, auditions. Don't send me out for, you know, anything else. Little, 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 you know, print ad work. If you're not sending me out for a TV show audition i don't want to go because i can i'm making money doing stand up and warm up i want a tv show and that is eventually what led to the audition for nick arcade can i give you some advice really quick because I, I would hate to tell you to tell your story don't leave that part out 
Like, why, you, why would you yeah. leave this part out? That's That'd be awesome. like, like Brian and I like leaving out with our rapping. Oh, Eminem liked our stuff and just leaving out that part. How did you? Of it. How did you guys make it? I you know we just worked real hard. You know, we yeah. real hard. Yeah. He he left well, it know, out because it makes his ego in about six seconds just exploded. That's like, great. From, though. You it's got see, that's the thing. It's a little pretentious. No, it is a true story. But you got to be like that, though. Yeah, that's how you make it, man. You got to have you. the confidence. I think. I think. No, no, no. I got the, the confidence. It, no, no, no. It's, it's not about having the confidence. It's kind of like, look, here's something that I've learned in show business, which is interesting. Uh, and and maybe you're, you know, what you're absolutely right. I can say it in this form, but my mind has sort of gotten in this habit, and it's weird because in this business, right, a friend of mine who was an executive at a network said, you know, Phil, the last thing a hungry person wants to hear about is your last meal. And mm. I was like, ooh. That's <laughs> you know, so, so mentally, I sort of wow. make sure that I don't sound like I'm coming off wrong. But this is us talking. I should yeah, have wow. it. Right. We all love ourselves. We all love That's a good saying. I've That's never a great saying. That. I'm going to take credit. I'm going to edit that out and take credit that I said it. Like, <laughs> make t-shirts. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Phil. You don't tell a hungry man about your last meal. You move your mouth to his voice. Phil, <laughs> <laughs> no, so... No. I got one more that, question, then I swear yeah, yeah, I'll, pass, yeah. I'll pass to someone. So when you got the call for Nick Arcade, and they explained the show, were you like, what the hell is this? Or like, were you hyped about it? Or did you know what you were going into? Well, okay, so the very first audition, by the way, I had one audition and then six callbacks. Mm. That is Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. Because, you know, you do the audition, then you wait for the phone to ring, and normally you get a callback. You're like, yes, and maybe one more. So by the time you get to that third time going in, you know, you're trying to figure out what can you do to sweeten it a little bit, but, you're, but, they, but in the business, you should never change it too much because whatever you did got you there. So you want to tighten it, but you don't want to change it too much. So, but no, when you get to like six callbacks, like when the phone called on the fifth time, I was like, oh, the hell, I don't care. <laughs> it, was like, it was, I'm walking around the house biting my nail. I was rain, man. I was like, I'm an excellent host. I'm an excellent host. <laughs> but, um, um, no, but, but, but having gone, when I first went in, that's when I first found out about the show. And I was like, oh, you know, like my mind just went boom. I'm like, and the way I explained it to let them know that I got it, because, you know, they sat down there to explain this thing. I was playing video games. And the only thing I said to them was like, so basically, it's like we're Mario running through the computer-generated world to save the princess. And they went, yeah, can we use that? That's a good way to describe <laughs> it. Like, I don't know how they, you know, they've been describing the show all kinds of ways because this concept was new. But when I said it like that, they're like, hey, can, we're going to use that for the next people that come in here. Uh, and that's and that's so I got it right off the bat. They 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 really were good at explaining it. Uh, awesome. They were they were the most creative people I've ever met in my it was ahead of life its, to this day. Really yeah. ahead of its time when yeah. you think about right. it. Yeah, right, it definitely right. was. Yeah, right. All right, uh, Brian, I'll pass it to you, man, because I know you've been chomping at the bit. I thought of that, Phil. That's my saying. Yeah. Chomping at the bit. You heard that? Copy, copyright, yeah. <laughs> copyright, trademark. When you say chomp about a bit, there's that little C with the circle around it, right? There. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, obviously, we all used to watch at home, and like I remember when I was a kid watching those kids go into the games, like aliens would drop and they had to pick up the people and save them and i remember watching and getting so frustrated yep. on how bad people were at it now my, my question my he question is this. listen 
it's two part. How hard was the actual game? Like how hard was it to do? And how frustrating was it to sit there and watch people just suck? Okay. Um, okay. So <laughs> I'm going to answer your question in, in their entirety, but I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to put a little sugar on it. Okay. I'm going to take that. I'm going to take Keep that water. PG-13. No, no, no. I'm going I'm to put a little sugar on it. I'm going to take that, that, that can of Coke and add some water to it so it's not as strong because I have learned from, like, going out to conventions and stuff. When I talk about the kids mm-hmm. and how poorly they did <laughs> – it comes off as mean spirited because I was a grown I'm a grown man <laughs> making fun of children. <laughs> but you're now see you can talk about it like you want because you are a child making fun of a child. Yeah. <laughs> but but I, I me, I was a grown man when I was, I may have looked super young, but I was a grown man and it's like me saying, Wow, wow, the little Timmy running to a wall. What's wrong with you? You know, I can't do that. <laughs> I wish what? you would have. I wish you. <laughs> From what I oh, get, man. it was probably harder than we thought, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. What, the, one, the, the one thing that was hard about was this. You're in, a group, you're in a room, and it's all blue. And anything you actually touch is built. So if there's a, a ladder to climb, staircases to go up, you know, a, a pole to swing across for, like, the rope with the monkeys, that kind of thing. Everything was built, and it looked exactly like it did on TV, but there was no uh, definition to it. It was just solid blue. And they would lay over the computer look, uh, the, the, the cartoon animated look later. <clears throat> but the thing that I thought was difficult was it was inverted. I think that yeah. if it was, if it, it was like a mirror, you know, like sometimes when you're on like, when you're on like, yeah, Instagram, so everything is back. Right, yeah. right. So, so if you look, so there were monitors, giant monitors all around so that they saw what you saw. So if they're supposed to be in the jungle, they, you know, they look at the monitor and there they are in the jungle. If they're supposed to be, you know, on the ice. You take a look, boom, it looks just like to them. But when you're going reach to the right and I go, go to the right, if they, for them, it's really left. Yeah. Right. And so a couple of times during rehearsals, I realized that. So I would say it. And I was told by the control room, don't say that because it's going to confuse the home audience. Like, okay. I know you made the kids suck. <laughs> <laughs> right. right. So, so, so if you're looking at it and you go, go get that thing to the left. But I said in the studio, grab it to the right. That actually would have helped the kid. The kid would have stuck out their right hand because right. the image they're looking at is inverted. But every kid would be sitting there going, this didn't make any yeah. sense, Danny. Yeah. <laughs> They'd have been like, this host is just not smart. What's yeah. going did on? You, did, you, did you ever get a point where you're like watching these kids going, okay, step aside. Let me show you how it's done. Like, have you ever, did you ever try the course try yourself? It, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So my, the guys that created the show, a uh, big shout out to James Bethea, Karim Metev. They invented the, the, the technology. Technology didn't exist mm-hmm. to do the show until they created the technology mm-hmm. and then said, what do we do with this? And then they took it to Nickelodeon. That's insane to think about, yeah. you know? <clears throat> so, so um, but, but we all, all three of us ran the course and we did it. And that's how I knew that what they were seeing was inverted. You know, I've done it a few times. I never really got frustrated with the kids at all, except <laughs> in the cases where... See, left and right, I had to give them the benefit of the doubt, and I was trying to help them. But the one time, the times that I would really get really, really pissed off was when they didn't get up and down. Oh, okay, yeah, like, that wasn't inverted. 
up is up and down is down. Now, 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 it may be like this to them when in reality it's like this, but still, up is still going up. And down is down. So when you tell somebody go up the stairs and they start coming down, that's what I want. You've been eating paint chips, haven't you, Susan? What's wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> now, there, that makes so much sense, though, because I remember watching as a kid, and a and lot of they go the wrong way. They would just they go the wrong around. way. Like it was just like reaching around, like they were they were blind right. in a dark room. Like, right. oh, like when you see, like when you see the orb coming, and right. you, you're right there. You go read, and the kid would reach this way. That's yeah. why it was inverted. I was going to say, have you ever been like, uh, I remember I went to a museum one time at Virginia Beach where they did like a wet, like a mock weather channel type thing mm-hmm. where like you went on the screen and behind you, like you didn't see it was just a green screen behind you. Right. When you looked on the monitor, you could see the map behind you and you had to show things, but everything was reversed. So right. like, you're like, oh, the, the weather over here and you're moving all around. I remember right. as a kid, even watching the show, I used to be like, I wonder if it's backwards because they, yeah. they were so bad and it was just like, right. this is so easy. I feel like I can go on there and I'll win immediately. Right. And, 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 and they, these guys had the stream together, the guys that, that not only created the show, but our tech guys that, that ran the show, um, they had to stream together a whole bunch of computers and they were already working harder than any computer system for any television show at its time. And so to try to add one extra layer to invert it, which is too much for the systems to handle. But, but using your weather thing, now that I you know, talk to people and they ask about how it's done, the, the, what you said was one half of it. Here's how we made the video zone work. Step one, do it like the weather forecaster. But the extra thing is this, and here's what the guys invented. They invented a program which essentially tricked the computer into thinking that people were the computer mouse. Now, if you think about it, when you move your mouse, there's the subscribe button right here. You move makes it up, sense. Yeah, you yeah, click yeah. it, boom, it goes. But you're moving it like this, and it makes the thing on the computer move. Now, what if this was the mouse? Yeah. Me actually moving my hand was the mouse. That's what the guys invented, and that's what made the show work. Hearing something like that, we, we, we're seven years listen, old. Hold on, hold on, hold on. We, we all know people, right? We all know people that are like, I'm super smart. I'm a fucking genius, right? <laughs> Okay, congratulations. You've read a book. You've regurgitated the information. Come up with the idea of making a human being a mouse on a computer. You can't do that. That is exactly that is on another world. A whole different planet. Especially in 1992. Or like yeah, back then. Well, get this. Wait, wait. Even before then, like Nick Arcade premiered in 91. Anyway. Technology they invented, they perfected it in 1990. Yeah, see, that's insane. That yeah. that's ridiculous. Yeah. That is. Like, it, it, it is insane. So so you know again like, like you know to move a mouse you have to use your hand and do it. But a human being you independently move. And then all you have to do just like click the subscribe button, click the like button. You know they just yeah. put on the yeah, they just put in the program areas. And if your hand went to that area, click click something happened. Now, now Phil, somebody invented that in nineteen eighty nine. That's why it by nineteen ninety. Yeah, if someone who thinks they're intelligent, I would say, here's the idea. Make a human being a mouse on a computer. Even <laughs> if I give you the idea, you don't even know where to start. Exactly. 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 Now, Phil, I, I, I just have to say about myself, my mind goes elsewhere, and I start to – I hear that, and I don't think of impressiveness. I get angry because out of all the smarts that Make you just sense. said, why did they pick the name Mike? <laughs> 
for the little character. They couldn't come up with something better than, like, how smart there is this little Mikey. Come on. Well, okay, here's the thing. I think now, now, okay, so here's some things that I've learned 25 years after the show, okay? Because I had questions, too. At the time, I was just like, hit your mark, say the lines. What's he doing? He's making up songs? Okay, he can keep doing that. You know, just that's all they wanted me to do. But later on, getting together now, we've all moved on. We're all doing different things. I sat down with the creators and I said, guys, why this? Why that? Why the other? Mike was short for microchip. And that was something that Nickelodeon wanted. Yeah, that was a right. Nickelodeon thing. Uh, uh, you guys Scott. win. <laughs> I, I will gracefully bow out and I will... I'll I'll take my L. I am a very humble person, and I will take my. I can't iron a shirt well, as you can see, but I will take my L. And you know what? You answered a thirty-year-old question, but you, there just, you go. That's that. That's amazing. There now, you go. Thirty-year-old. Uh, by the way, I want all, all of y'all. I want you to not just think about the questions that you would like to know or figure your audience like to know. If there's some deep cut that y'all was like, okay, Phil. Boom, I got you in my backyard. I really got to ask you. Ask me, because I will answer. All right, is there any... Okay, I'm happy you yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, hey, Let me just put my list of questions out here. All right, was there anything that they wanted to do that got, like, axed or an idea you had where they were like, that's not Nickelodeon enough or anything like that? No, um, uh, because at the time, you know, that was Nickelodeon in its golden era. Everybody on every show. I mean, every show. They brought in people. All of us have actually said, including the host, if we were to go out now, if our if our thirty year ago selves, producers, executives, and talent, if we were to walk out now through a time tunnel and now pop into twenty twenty one and try to get a job, being the person that we were. We would never get it because everything is too structured. Everything is too mm -hmm. corporate. Everything is too organized. Nickelodeon stopped and said, okay, wait a minute. Both the boys are named Pete? What the hell? Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, and, and, he had a Nate, and he had like a, a salacious girl tattoo on his arm. And, like exactly, stuff, kid, yeah. right, exactly. They kind of just want that. Simplicity. Yeah. They, they, no, but not just that. It was crazy. It was like, that's crazy. We've never seen it before. Let's see if it works. Mm. That's how they were. So there was never an idea that they said it's not Nickelodeon. As a matter of fact, uh, 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 Mark, Mark, I was talking with Mark Summers, he was saying, he said, um, he kind of, he said, uh, he said, take a look at uh, the, the, the people on the Disney Channel at the time. And we, you know, we started naming off a name. He goes, now look at you, me, and Mike. We're too ugly for the Disney Channel. <laughs> and it was like, <laughs> the land of misfit toys. The land of misfits. And that's it. Listen, that is actually a story that's echoed from everybody. I had one time years ago, I had lunch with uh, Arlene Klosky, who uh, was co-creator of the Rugrats. And we're sitting around. So I, I'm like, y'all, I'm like, so listen, how do you come up with the idea for the Rugrats? She goes, my kids. And I go, really? And she goes, yeah. And the one thing I, she said, the one thing I realized about my children is that as babies, when they were born, they were ugly as hell. They had big <laughs> wop heads. They had pigeon toes, you know. Uh, there was the, she all she started naming all the hair never used. You try to put it down, baby hair just goes padow. And so she made the babies in the Rugrats. She drew them to look like real life infants. But wow. if they're but imagine if they were on like some other channel, yeah. if they were on ABC or on Disney Channel, they'd have to be the cutest, most adorable little babies in the world. But she mm. goes, no, my baby has pigeon toes. <laughs> he walks funny. 
his head got all lumped in it. She's like, I could not wait. She said, I could not wait for my child to go hair. So it didn't look like I beat him in the head. <laughs> you know what's so, crazy? Talking to you about like, that. You get like today's society. I hate these, I hate these buzzwords like cancel culture or whatever. But like at a time back then, like it just shows how tone deaf people are today. You well, know what I mean? Like they think that, oh, kids aren't prepared. Kids aren't. Well, like we grew up on that stuff. I mean, we shit, grew up, obstacle stick was talking. No, but but you even know? one of our favorite movies when we were kids was Bebe's Kids. That right, could never yeah. come out today. Right. Yeah, that no, couldn't come out. No, so like you're no. right. It's like it's the tone deaf for like making babies ugly because no, I don't want to call them ugly because they were her kids. <laughs> but like, but like but baby, right. babies are funny looking. Look, I, I don't think anybody They're, would like. Nobody would give you a ding if you said, you know what? When babies are born, babies are funny looking. They are. Mm -hmm. Babies They're are funny. I said, it, I, said it, I said it about my kid. I'm like, you came out. I mean, I, I looked at, literally, when my child was born, I'm a black man. My, my ex-wife was a black woman. And this baby came out purple. He looked like a damn raisin. I'm like, what is this? <laughs> like, a, like a lizard. <laughs> right. Babies are funny looking. Yeah. Till they get their color. Till they right. start to shape. You know. And so that's what she did. She, she designed the characters based on what was real. And mm -hmm. the only place she could have taken that was a place like Nickelodeon that was, I mean, it's a, it's a cliche, and I mean, but they kept it real. No, you're yeah. right. And look at the way Disney did, like, you know, let's be honest, squirrels and chipmunks aren't that cute, and Chip and Dale were adorable. You know, they had to make, <laughs> exactly. had to make all their animals the cutest thing of all. Chewy, right. Chewy, right. Right. Versus, and Louie. Yeah. Right. Versus how, versus how Ren and Stimpy look. Yeah, a cat and a dog. Belchin, <laughs> yeah. Like passing right, right. gas and all that. Like it was Ariel like, monsters. Yeah, you're right. 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 Wow, what a, what a, I never thought of that. Um, I do have like a Monster, couple more. Yeah. Our real monsters stole kind of the format of Ren and Stimpy, where they would yeah. have it, like it would be very cartoon, but they would have like they would do a close up, extremely detailed shot of something disgusting, like right. and it would be like three or four seconds, and you get to stare at it, and then it would be sure, off. Sure. Right. Exactly. I'm hijacking like right now. I'm hijacking the next question. Go on. Go on. And I'm taking it out of left field. Go. The Nickelodeon time capsule. Ooh, is that? Like yes. Yeah. When is this thing? Is it? Where is it? First of all, after they moved the hotel and everything, do you know? No. Oh, he's. Oh lying. man. <laughs> no, no, I know. I look. People ask me. Look, here's the thing. I, I, I kept up with. I asked a lot of questions about Nickelodeon in the beginning. I've kept up with a lot of the people who worked on the show and worked for the show, but like. You know, the studio, why they build a hotel, why they chose that day to shut it down, da da da. I, I, could, I could care less about the corporate side. Uh, so I, I, I don't know. I really don't it, know. Was it you mentioned when it shut down? I did want to ask that. Was that like kind of crushing for you as a host? Like, because I, I watched the Orange Years and like, I know I'm like a year or two late on the Orange Years. I'm a busy man, Phil. So, I understand, <laughs> you know, you got t shirts to not iron. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Touche. I'll take another L on that one. <laughs> beat up on my own show. What is this? So like it's about time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I met my match here. This is a good. <laughs> so like, I, and I know like it was like a hangout and it was like a camaraderie, like a like a college campus type atmosphere. Like, was that at all like uh, like a punch to the gut when it did close for you? You know. Yeah, yeah, for me, uh, yes, yes, and 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 I think particularly, I'm, I'm sure other people were disappointed that the shows weren't, shows weren't coming back. I was one of those rare people that actually lived in Orlando, mm. 
And so, like, I live in L.A. now. So the idea of getting up and driving to the studio and going to work, you think of that with L.A. You think of that with New York. But, like, in the middle of a swamp in a cow pasture next to Disney, you get up in the morning, you drive to a major studio, and you do a national and international TV show from your own backyard. Like, I didn't have to relocate. You know, the cost of living in, in Orlando was super dirt cheap. So I was getting paid contractually like they would have to pay you, you know, out of New York and L.A. Mm -hmm. But, like, instead of my rent being $1,500, you know, my mortgage was, like, 600 you know what I mean? Yeah. So it was uh, it was it was a great thing. And then when so when the studio when they announced it was shutting down, it was like, man, you know, it was it, yeah. was, it was it was a sucker punch. It really was yeah. a sucker punch. It was a, it sucked Very for all of us. Like even going there, I remember going to Universal when I was younger, and like to go there, you know, when I was older and just see it like it's like, oh man, this is our child and the came you know, come to life. Yeah, it was yeah. crazy, yeah. and I, I yeah. still have never been slimed, which sucks. So if I'm ever in Orlando or LA, and you could set that up, I'd still like to be slimed with the you know actual green slime. No, I, I, I will tell you how to I will tell you how to make Nickelodeon green slime, and you can slime yourself. And I don't mean the stuff they use now because Nickelodeon still does shows. As a matter of fact, uh, uh, in January this year, I was a producer on the Nickelodeon game show called Tuned In, in which we were always slamming people. But nowadays, it's more of a chemical that's mixed from a company. But Nickelodeon slime back in the 90s was, had to be edible because okay. kids would get it in their mouth. They would get in their ear. They had an area called Game Lab where if you took the tour, you, you, you could just go in to do the tour and you yeah. had a chance to go home slime and they wanted to make sure that if you dug it out of your nostril, <laughs> you weren't going to get sick. All right, so All here right. is, so now here's the rest of this is This is actual slime. The I don't way know why they I'm writing it. it down. I'm recording. I can just go back. All right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. But you no, look the part. When people yeah. look at you, they're like, oh, look at that. He's a smart man. He's going to write it down. <laughs> he did hold it like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here it is. So go. To, I'm going to tell you how to make a big batch because I don't know how to make it small. I can't wait to go <laughs> ruin my kitchen today. My wife's <laughs> <laughs> covered in green. <laughs> if you go to Costco or some okay. grocery store, get yourself, you know, the big cans, you know, like, you know, it looks like a paint can, but it's a big can of like, you know, pudding and stuff. Okay. Okay. Get yourself, get yourself uh, uh, two cans of pudding that size and one can of applesauce that size. Okay. It's always... So or whatever size you make, it's always two parts pudding to one part applesauce. So whatever amount you put in, if you want to make a small batch, if you take one cup, one cup, and then, you know, but make sure it's two parts pudding, one part applesauce, and two things of food coloring. That's, That's it. And mix it all up. That's wow. it. Okay. Because here's so, the crazy thing. So, so the, the pudding is what the, the pudding is what gives it the, the slimy. I mean, it gives it the, the slow drip thing. Ooh, the applesauce is what makes it look like boogers and snot. Gotcha. And psychologically, I always said, man, if I was like doing a, if I was in a psychology class, it's something about the color green. <laughs> because I've gone, I've gone like people have asked me like, you know, in the past, hey, can you come to my 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 son's soccer team thing and we're having a big event because we won. And I'm like friends of mine, so I would come there and I would make slime live, and I would have like the little spoons like from Baskin and Robbins. And go, who wants to taste this? And they go, ooh, they tasted, we tasted the other pudding in the apples. Like, oh, this is really good. Okay, okay, hang on a second. And then I put the food coloring, stir it up, and they go, now. Who wants something? They're like, ew. But it's, it's the same thing, right? Like, why is it? What is it about the green? I mean, ah, I'm looking the whole thing. Yeah, I don't know. Ah. It was like that. Was like when Heinz ketchup made purple and purple green. And, that was yeah. disgusting. Yeah, yeah. It, it is the color. 
Yeah. But what is it's two parts applesauce to one part? Uh, uh, oh, I'm two sorry, two parts pudding, pudding two parts pudding yeah. to one oh, part applesauce. So whatever the amount you make, if you go and get like cans, they're all the same size, but they're smaller. Two to one ratio, and then food coloring, and mix it until it's the right Nickelodeon color. And uh, hey, as a matter of fact, I was we're taking a Costco uh, trip. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> as a matter of fact, during the pandemic last year, I was producing a, a show where we were shooting it from everybody from home. And I decided to, you know, reach into my Nickelodeon roots. And I came up with a game that involved slime. And so I had to mail the stuff, you know, the, not I, but, you know, the, the show, mail the ingredients to the people. And they, we built this contraption so they could sit in their home. And we sent them a drop cloth. Get yourself a painless drop cloth if you're going to make this. Okay. That way you can just fold that sucker up. What about a smock? Stuff. Would a smock work? <laughs> Just like saying you're going camping, but you're in a cabin. No, you got to have a tent. You got to sleep yeah. on rocks with a sleep you can't know butt, it's man. coming either, man. All it's right. going to be a surprise. Got you. you know what? Remember how everybody was doing the, the ALS ice challenge? Right, you got to yeah. do it like that with slime, though. You got to sit in a pool. You got to sit somewhere. You got to set somebody behind you. They got to have the, the bucket or whatever it is. You got to sit there not knowing. And if your shirt don't get messy... Right. Don't even. I'm yeah. just gonna do it on my neighbor's this, driveway. No, this is what we're gonna do. We'll go to Costco. We'll go get all the ingredients. Mm -hmm. We'll also buy a kiddie pool. Right. We're gonna put you in the middle of the kiddie pool. Okay. I'm following. We're you. Make it, and then we're That's gonna it. slime you. Okay. Yeah, we'll tag and then, we'll and tag, then yeah, tag me on that. And then that. you're gonna go. Then we're gonna throw you down the pie coaster. No, well, <laughs> I don't have a roller coaster. Phil, <laughs> I, I have one yeah. more question, really quick. Uh, is there, because I know Double Dare did a reboot. Was there ever talks of doing a Nick Arcade reboot or you don't know about it? All, all the time. All the time. Um, uh, it's, um, it's the only thing that will make me angry, very angry. Uh, because with, with technology being what it is, Oculus Rift, all of these things now, I mean, now is actually tailor-made right, for yeah. a show like Nick Arcade. You know, they're doing, you're talking about Double Dare coming back. You know they're doing a grown-up version of Legends of the Hidden Temple? It's being shot oh, right geez. now. That's horrible. Yes. Oh, they're doing Legends of the Hidden Temple, except not for kids. That's good. It's uh, being done, adults I, will be playing I again. I can't wait till but, someone my age breaks their hip. No, but I, I can't <laughs> wait. In, in, in fairness, like, I'm 39. I would go on it because I always, as a kid, wanted to go on it. So you right. got that whole generation right. of people that have, like, right. 25 years have wanted to do it. Right. It's, it's, well, it's, sure. it's Taylor, give people heart attacks now. Those guys are scary <laughs> <laughs> I want to do guts real bad. I want to climb well, the aggro crag. When they did a, they actually did a reboot of Guts in 2011 called My, Family got, My Family's Got Guts. Uh, and it was basically the same you show. You sure that wasn't was, a horror movie? <laughs> <laughs> my family's got guts. <laughs> Sorry, Stephen King presents. My family's yeah. got guts. Um, but they, 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 they actually did a reboot of, uh, of, uh, of Guts in 2011. They did a reboot of uh, Figure It Out, hosted by Jeff Suffin. Um, they did a uh, reboot of uh, Double Dare uh, back in 2018. Uh, and they're doing, uh, uh, a, not a reboot, but it's sort of a reimagining of Legends uh, right now. I've talked to That's... the creators of the show. Viacom owns the rights to it. I don't think the guys are trying, or I don't think they were successful, I should say, in seeing the negotiating, getting the rights to doing the show. So basically, as long as it's not yours, you can't legally do anything with it. 
So someone else is going now. Now, somebody, if this, if some other network, uh, if, if Lucasfilm decided, hey, I got a buttload of money, I'm just going to buy it right off of you, Viacom. They can do that and then do whatever they want. And anybody independent, if you had a buttload of money and made Viacom an offer, right. uh, and they said, okay, you could buy the rights. Well, I hate Viacom. to tell you, but I'd make myself the host, Phil. I mean, I would. That's right. <laughs> look, I, look I, I live in the world of. You go, man. Been there, done that. <laughs> yeah. uh, I definitely wouldn't make myself the host. I'd be horrible at it. I'd be yelling at the kids, left, right. Oh, you're ruining everything. Well, here's the thing. You can say that nowadays because, like, the, 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 the climate has changed. You can make a kid cry on TV now. That's <laughs> it's just more YouTube views. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> the show will end with you. The show, yeah. would, the show would end with, like, you saying goodbye and then it cuts to the kids. kids I just <laughs> wanted to go to space. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what I did. I don't I know did. what he's yelling at me. I have one more backyard question. You could just say yes or no. You don't have to say name. Was there anyone who you worked with or on the show, another host that you despised? Nope. Okay. Honest, 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 hand to God truth. Um, as a matter of fact, we uh we uh, we're we're still all friends today. I am literally wow. just still I mean, literally just still talking and hanging out. Uh, when I can, you know, we, we just had a year of COVID, right, right. but you know, um, prior to that, I mean, I was, you know, I would have get together and have coffee with Kurt. Um, every now and then we run into people in our business who are of the age that they grew up and watch Nickelodeon. So I'll pick up the phone and go, Hey, listen, I'm over here working on this show over at so-and-so soundstage. Why don't you show up for lunch and freak everybody out for me? You know, that kind of thing. And they asked the same to me, uh, 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 you know, uh, still talk to Mike. Uh, the only one that I don't talk to that, that often is Summer Sanders because she moved uh, out of the state and she's living the mountain family life. But every now and then we'll get together, especially during the pandemic. We got together and did a group thing where it was, and it was weird that it took pandemic. But I didn't realize this, but a lot of us didn't know each other. And during pandemic, this one guy arranged for three of us to get together I called somebody and Mark called somebody. And so it was the first time in the history of Nickelodeon that all five of their game show hosts were together doing a thing. Wow. It was wow. Summer Sanders, Kurt Fogg, Michael Malley, Mark Summers, and myself. It was, and we, just, we, we dawned on it. It was like, we, I think that was done like we did that like in, in, in April or something. I, in, I can't even remember the podcast. But someone just like you, they had contacted three of us. And then two of us said, well, let's get so-and-so in on this. And by the time we got done, it was all five of us. Wow. Well, just, you know, for sake, uh, I have messaged uh, Kirk Fogg to come on and Mark Summers. No response yet. So if you could nudge him a bit, oh, know I that. Yeah. I'll let him know that you're legit. And just a confession, I had a huge crush on Summer Sanders as a kid. Too. Me too. I thought, yeah. <laughs> Summer, Summer, Summers was the best. I, I always said that we all sort of like, even though Nickelodeon, I don't, I, I think that they had to consciously do this because everything they did, they did consciously. Like, like Mark was the, um, Mark was like that, 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 that nice uncle, you know, the one that's going to, yeah. you know, give you that dollar, even though the parents say, don't give him anything. You go, come here, come here take the dollar, go get yourself something, you know? Michael Malley was that, like, sort of Eddie Haskell dude. You wanted to, like, go, okay, look, we're going to eat our vegetables, we're going to have some fun, but later on, we're going in the, we're going in the garage, we're going to drink some beer, yeah. all right? right. That, that yeah. was him. I was that crazy person, like, let's go to the music park. I had the energy, let's do it. And Summers, Summers, she was, like, like the adorable the girl next yep. door. Right. She was, like, Mary Jane in Spider-Man, you know what I mean? Yeah, and we all were Peter Parker, so you know what I mean? Yep. Uh, yeah. <laughs> what about uh, Mo? 
Remember, uh, take it oh. to you, Mo from Global Guts. Whatever. <laughs> what is she doing? Here's the funny thing. Mo is probably one of the few people that you have probably heard a million times and didn't know it, it was her. She's doing a lot of things, but one of the biggest things that she does is voiceover. She's a huge voiceover talent, just like D. Bradley Breaker. He's the guy that was the voice of Almac. Mm -hmm. Oh. Okay. Do you know that? Do you know on the Disney Plus channel they have a new Star Wars show called Bad Batch? Yeah. He's all yes. five of the Bad Batch. You know what I mean? Like, really? like, so, and, and yeah. And so Mo, she did everything from. I mean, I can't. Her her resume. Look her up. Her resume yeah. of voices yeah, and Google. video games, and video games. I remember the first time I heard her. I was watching an episode of Johnny Bravo. Remember Johnny Bravo? Yeah. yeah. And I went. Why does that person sound familiar? And so I just called her up and said, did you do Johnny Bravo? She goes, yes, did it air? So uh, she's, <laughs> she, she's, she is one of these people where you don't see her face, but, but she does a thousand different voices. And, she, and I don't mean she's just doing like, hey, I did a little thing here. Like, no, it's like major games that you've heard and major animation that you've probably watched. Wow. Well, wow. did you ever get, I, I know like you're so energetic and like just, like you seem like great company. You're willing to talk to your fans. When it first like ended, did you ever? You know how some people like don't want to talk about a song they did. Or, like, were you ever like like mad that you were related to Nick Arcade, or you really loved talking from the get go to everybody who asked about it? I do. It's interesting you ask that because somebody asked me one time um, uh, recently, like, uh, why is it you you don't do the whole. Stop bringing up the past. This is what I'm doing now. Because I've done a lot of great things and still are doing some really fun things and interesting things right now. But for me, the reason why, but, but, but I am that guy. Seriously, I am that been there, done that guy. Like, for real. Like, people ask me, how come you don't go back to do this stand-up? I'm like, well, I, I kind of did it and I got it out of my system. I, that is really me. I am a get it out of my system guy. I do it. And if I feel successful, if I feel satisfied with how it went, I don't ever have to go back to it again. I won't reject it, but I'm not seeking it out. But Nick Arcade is different because that was a situation where it was prematurely boarded. You know what I mean? It ended before it should have. Right. And a part of me always goes, I was never satisfied because it was, it, it was abruptly yanked. And, and we had a lot more stuff to do. I tell you, one of the things that was, um, that was on, the, on the table, I actually thought of this idea and I pitched it, and it was going to be a season three thing. And I said, why don't we have an episode to see if game show hosts know how to play a video game? So one team would be like Michael Malley and Summer Sanders, and the other team would be Kirk Fogg and, and Mark Summers. And so we would have the four game show hosts competing and I would be hosting the show that they were doing. That was a, that was a, that was an idea that they yeah. were excited about doing for season three. And then after winning a bunch of awards and getting some accolades, we even flew out to LA for the cable ace awards, which is what they gave cable shows before they just started giving them Emmys. Um, we had come out here, we won a whole bunch of awards and stuff. And then we went back and found out, oh, we're not going to do another season because they had enough. I'm like, what do you, what do you mean you had enough, man? Yeah. We could keep doing these. It's so. just getting going. It's yeah. just getting going. Like, I finally know how to say Dr. Robotnik instead of Dr. Robotnik. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> Robotnik. And that's That was season one. Dr. Robotnik? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, Robotnik. 
<laughs> no, that's really cool. And like, I have to say, because I'm sure I speak for everyone and anyone's watching, because I'm like part of on Facebook, a bunch of 90s Nick, like groups that post old stuff like for you guys to still keep in touch and reach out like it really does. It's like hearing an announcer you grew up listening to for a sports team like you guys really did have a lot to do with our childhood, like the shows you guys made, like we all would talk about. And, you know, growing up, even in high school, hey, remember that show, Double Dare, Nick Arcade? Oh, I always wanted to go on the pie coaster. I always wanted to play. So you guys, you doing this, taking this out, like I hope you know that it really means a lot to the fans. It really does. Well, I got to tell you, I wouldn't have, uh, you know, I'm wondering, again, another reason why I'm really not, I don't really have an attitude about talking about it is, Everything I've done subsequent to Nick Arcade is because of Nick Arcade. And the only reason Nick Arcade was successful is because people like you watched it and liked the show. I always call it the, the show that won't die regardless of whether or not you kill it. <laughs> yeah. Because, because, sure, because like, somebody, because, I mean, like, this is, okay, w w here's some inside baseball stuff, y'all. Okay, see, our show did not have a huge promotional budget. Mm. Almost to the point where, like, you at the time, back in the 90s, you could buy a Guts t-shirt. You could buy a Double Dare hat. They were Double Dare video games. You could buy, uh, uh, you know, you could buy t-shirts that said figure it out on it. There was not one single piece of merchandise created for Nick Arcade. Not a hat, not a cap, not a t-shirt, huh. not even a video game about the show about yeah. video games, right. you know? Um, and so, and even with respect to the commercials, I would see these wonderful, massive commercials. I'd be talking like, you know, hey, Mark, what are you doing? Oh, they're flying me back uh, to Orlando because they wanted to do these new commercials for the thing. Nick Arcade, it was like, just, just throw a bunch of clips together from episodes and have somebody voice over. Like, they did not spend a lot of money on the marketing of that show. So one would think it would get out of the consciousness of people. Mm. But people still talk about it like they talk about Double Dare, like they talk yeah. about Guts. Um, they still talk about it. And again, I owe that only uh, to the fans, man. I, I appreciate every single one of them. And then, you know, when, when like around 2017, uh, the 90s, this whole nostalgia thing really started taking off. And that's when I started getting invited to like gaming cons and comic cons and things of that nature. And that's when I really got to see, I remember the first time I freaked out in a good way. Uh, because back in the day, you meet a fan, you know, you kind of, you know, get down on one knee and shake their hand and give them a hug. Now, this is six foot three guy picking me up, <laughs> spinning me around going, oh, dude, you don't know, man. You were the man. You're yeah. all about your And it was like, put me down, man. <laughs> so it's really, it was, it was really interesting to really, I actually invited the creators of the show to a con because I would tell them what you just told me. Yeah. And they were just kind of like, yeah, okay, whatever. Like, no. So while I was doing a con one time, I said, listen, if you guys, I appreciate all the love. It was like maybe 2,000 people in this room. I said, but none of this would have happened if somebody didn't think of the show. And that guy right over there, and I pointed to him and made him stand up. And then at that moment, I lost the room. It was like that all eyes were on him. And, I, and he, was, he was blown away. He was blown away. He said, I'm just a computer nerd. And I'm like, no, 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 no. You're the guy that thought of this crazy stuff that these kids, when they were these people, when they were kids, gravitated to and stayed glued in front of the TV. Like you said, who thinks of that stuff? I don't know. These guys and yeah. everybody wanted to talk to him. He's he just thinks of him. now he's an executive producer at a at a at a, one of these uh, television networks. But when he came out today, he he always thought of himself. I'm just a nerd, man. I, I got I got my Star Wars underoos on. I'm just a nerd. I'm like no. You're not just a nerd. You're not just a, uh, uh, a computer geek. 
you're a guy who created an era for millions of people. Right. Yeah. Wow. Go on, Raymond. You had something? Yeah, uh, real quick. I'm going to Dick Clark your ass to make your ego big again. <laughs> you haven't aged. Yeah, he's still. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fact. You exactly the same. Yeah, and I you just, did in '91. I need you in that multicolored shirt, though. You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> wait, 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 wait! Don't go nowhere. Keep you talking. have it? No way do you have that. No, 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 no! I don't have one, but I get that question asked all the time. So the other day, I was at the Walmart, and I said, "Everybody keeps asking me about multicolored shirts, and even though this isn't it, even though this isn't it, you I ended up one. buying the shirt." Right there. Wow. Because, wow. So I'm like, it's so, so it's got like all the old 90s Nicktoons, but man, it is loud as hell, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it is. It's a very vibrant shirt. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, but thanks a lot, man. I, I you know, I, I, I got to thank my, my parents for that. Uh, it's crazy. Jeans, you know, it's their jeans. I just, it's funny, I just grew the mustache and goatee uh, because I just got back from visiting my, my, my mom back in Baltimore. And her thing is like, I, I like it better when you have hair on your face. I'm like, all right, mom, I'll grow it back before I fly out. And I did. <laughs> now, Phil, uh, but, uh, before we get into our final segment we do with our guests here, I just have to say, you bringing up Eddie Haskell. It's the first time Leave it to Beaver has ever been brought up on the show. Really respect it. Awesome show, by the way. Grew up watching it in the black, like golden black and white and Nick and Knight or whatever the hell. Uh-huh. Right, right. Uh-huh. Very underrated show, actually. Leave it to Very underrated show. Yeah, right. actually, underrated movie that was made in 97 or 96. But well, that's for another time. Uh, tell us what you have coming up and what you're working on now, man. Like where we could catch you. Uh, well, everything I do is sort of behind the scenes now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, am a, I'm a, I am a senior producer right now with CBS. Uh, I'm leaving tomorrow to fly to Hawaii. There's a show that's been mm-hmm. on CBS for a while called Love Island. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it's kind of one of those reality type shows. But every episode, they, they, you know, they, they have, the people have to do some sort of game. And I'm flying out there to create the games uh, for that show. Wow. So that's where I'm going to be for the next couple of months. I just came <laughs> off of doing, um, I, at the beginning of the year, I mentioned it already, I produced the, the games for a show on Nickelodeon called Tuned In. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also just finished, well, a lot of controversy about this show, but there's an NBC show called Slip and Slide, which was, met, was recently met with some weird stuff because a bunch of people were getting sick, so they shut us down until <laughs> get it all straight, and then they're going to bring us back, but... Uh, but man, I'm a game man. That's what I yeah. do. I just, I, I, I work on shows and create all of these crazy games. If somebody's flipping, flying, sliding, dipping, jumping, getting hit with something. That's you. My name's in the, if my, if my name's in the credits, I, I, I made it happen. Oh, and then also three, three long big seasons for the kids out there. Uh, if you've got like preschool kids or got like nieces and nephews, um, Ryan's mystery play date on Nickelodeon and Nick Jr., uh, he, Ryan, Ryan is this kid that was, uh, became famous on YouTube, uh, doing, uh, unboxing toys. Mm-hmm. And now okay. he's got a show on Nickelodeon and I produced that show all the way up until pandemic happened. We wow. finished right when pandemic started. So, you, lot of things. so, so I'm still like hanging with Nickelodeon with Ryan and, and hanging with the, the game show tuned in. And then I dip my toe in, in, in the NBC CBS pool and just staying busy, man. Just staying busy. Before we go on, let me ask one question. Yeah. I come up with, I don't want to say all the time, but I come up with a lot of ideas for like reality shows. Mm-hmm. How do you get like, like a show pitch in someone's hands? Like someone legitimate. 
Why don't you bring one up right now, Brian? <laughs> yeah. Okay, I will. Just, just ask him. Like, what are you, like, hiding the question? Oh, my God. No, wait, wait, wait. no, no. No, here's the thing. Hold it, hold it. Let me give you, let me, let me, let me, let me, let me give you some, like, real good advice, okay? Okay. If it's worth something, don't give it away for free. Sure. Okay? Sure. You're on this medium right now in which it's going to be posted, and yeah. everybody in the world is going to hear it. And somebody with more power and more clout than you or I will hear it. And the next thing you know, you'll come on the TV and go, hey, hey what the fuck? That's my show. And then you'll be going, that bastard Fillmore, you took my ass. No, it wasn't me. <laughs> Executive <laughs> producer Fillmore. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I knew I, I didn't trust him in his like, like, shirt. There, right. There are times when I'm with friends and I'll come up with an idea of something I'm working on. And we'll be like, you know, standing in line at a store or something. And they go, I go oh, go, what? I got this idea. He goes, what is that? I'm like, dude, are you kidding me? We're at a Starbucks. That barista's working on a screenplay. I'm not saying nothing here. You know? <laughs> so, uh, uh, so, so it, it, I, would, I would not pitch it in an area, a place in which the public can get their ears on it. It's the kind of thing you want to make sure you have protected um, and, and, and uh, get some type of, like, you know, uh, register it somewhere. And then anybody you tell it to, Make sure they sign a non-disclosure agreement. This is real talk, y'all. Because the moment that you see your brilliant idea being done by by Fremantle, you gonna want to like hurt yourself. <laughs> right. you know? Now, I can imagine. I've I've written like three or four of them, but two of them I actually got copyrighted, like the actual yeah. idea and everything for the intellectual property. Sure. But like, you have to. My, you have to own it. Yeah. It's like I can't get them. Like, I don't know who exactly to send into. Like, I've gone through links, emails, stuff like that. But, like, it just – it goes nowhere. It goes nowhere, yeah. I mean, the business is tricky. There, there, there are a thousand different ways to do it. Remember Dr. Strange? I've seen a thousand different ways, but only one worked. Uh, <laughs> there are actually a thousand different ways of doing it. Uh, and many people have different ways. Some people use agents. Some people um, uh, use, uh, you, know, you know, send the emails and try to set up a meeting. Uh, nowadays, I've heard from some folk uh, coming out of COVID, a lot of people are looking for content and, um, and having gotten used to working in COVID, uh, this very thing we're doing right now, doing a Zoom has become um, a very practical way for people who would not be able to fly out to New York or LA to actually get a meeting with a person. Mm. But like I said, when I told you the story way back about me working, doing stand-up and working with Ken Over, you got to kind of get past all the BS people yeah. and find out who that person is that will get yeah. you, that, that don't make them say hello. Ken told me a name. I finally was able, and it, it took work. I mean, don't get me wrong. It took work. But, but then that person called me back, and the next thing you know, doing warm-up and everything, the rest is history. But right. th that's it, man. You know, you can, you can do it nowadays via Zoom. You need to find out who the head of development is, original programming, that sort of stuff. And it's different type of original programming. Like, if you're thinking about a game show, don't send it to scripted sitcoms. That's, that's an entirely different department. They do not all work together. You know what I mean? Like, people ask me right now, so you're a producer. I'm like, I'm a challenge producer. Challenge producer is the people that come up with games. Like, don't ask me to sit up there and, like, produce an episode of, of, of you know, The Tonight Show. Yeah. I would probably be lost. But if right. you want somebody flipping, swinging, how to get that stuff made, how to get this stuff tested, how to get this stuff built, how to come up with the rules, how to make it fair, how to get it past standard and, how to get it past standard and practice, I can do all of that. 
But don't ask me how to like produce an episode of Tonight Show. I can't. Ask. You know what I mean? So that's what I mean. It's like it's, it's different. Even though it sounds all the same, it's compartmentalized. So you want you want you want you know unscripted, original programming. Find the right person yeah. and see if you can set up something. Very and copyrighted there. folks, don't tell them for free. Oh, never. No. Never undersell yourself. All right, Phil, last segment. All right, we do a gun to your head segment, and we each ask one or two questions each. It's kind of a little wordplay involved somewhat, and uh, you have to answer each question, and you pick a winner at the end. And these things get pretty intense. We like to brag about it amongst the group of our friends. I am very humble. I don't take it that serious. Some people say I do. So I will, <laughs> I will, um, I will give it to Eric first on this one. So Eric, go on. Would you rather look like stick stickly for a year or be slimed every five hours? Answer? Yeah, you got to answer these. Oh, uh, I would rather look like stick stickly because I still have green in the crack of my ass. I have been slimed <laughs> about 75 times. I still can't get it out. I'm surprised, I'm surprised my kid didn't come out looking like the Hulk. Seriously. <laughs> it stays hey. with you. Oh, I don't even know how to... I don't even know how to follow that up. All right, I'll go. Later. I hope that answered your question, Eric. All right, I'll go next. For one year only, you could watch Are You Afraid of the Dark or you actually are afraid of the dark? Watch Are You Afraid of the Dark. You don't want to be afraid because of okay. I don't want to be afraid of anything. Look, look, one, I, <laughs> yes, these, not, no, seriously, sometimes I the these winner. games that I create, you have to test them. Sometimes it involves swinging and flipping and going up heights and all that kind of stuff. And if I was afraid, right. I'd be, you know, with a sign going, we'll produce for food. I mean, I would not be able <laughs> to <work. laughs> You know what I mean? Fair enough. Brian? All right. I got to be able to get through saying this one. It's kind of funny. I'm just warning you now. All right. Appreciate Would you rather that. listen to nothing but the safety dance or have to dance every day for your own safety? <laughs> man, that's actually a pretty good one, man. Wow. What a bro. I would say dance, dance every day for my own safety. <laughs> yes. Why? Because I'm always singing and dancing anyway. <laughs> Might as well have some practical use to it than just wasting my damn time. There you go. Just call it what it is. The safety dance sucks as a song as well. <laughs> you can dance if you want to. You can leave your yeah, friends behind. So bad. So bad. Raven, you got one? Dancing if you no, don't dance no, in there. No friends of mine. Eric, you're up. Uh, would you rather become a character of the Rugrats or every time you come home, you find a rat on your rug? Become a character on the Rugrats. Which one? Follow-up question. Um, Tommy. Tommy's the cool. idea, man. Fair, I'll, have idea to, man. I'll have to look into the That's all I got is idea. On that one. Yeah. And the father makes toys, so you always got yeah, shit to play with. I got yeah. toys, and then I got the ideas. He MacGyver stuff. That's the thing, another thing I talk about, how, like, I'm MacGyver stuff. Like, I'll take this and this and some duct tape and some glue and go, now, if you build this using your network money, it would do this. <laughs> That's how I come up with ideas. So. I, I'm, I'm doing this one now. I'm going away from Nickelodeon because I know you're from Baltimore. Okay? Right. So I am going to say, would you rather be a character in the – would you rather face Omar from The Wire or have to wear a wire? I, I'd rather wear a wire. Then face Omar. <laughs> then face Omar. Yeah. Okay. Because here's the thing. I'm wearing the wire, but that don't mean I got to say nothing. You know what I mean? 
And who's gonna rat out Omar a bunch now? of Nickelodeon kids? <laughs> Omar, Omar was a bad dude. Omar was He's a bad, bad dude. Yeah. Omar was a bad dude. Right. Yeah. All right, Brian. All right. Would you rather jam your toe every day or eat someone's toe jam one time? Oh, Easton was toe jam one time because I'm a kinky man. That hurts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jamming your toe hurts, but you know what? That's you can turn out eating that toe jam. So you didn't say who, you know? You put up the <laughs> yeah. right person. I'm like, I'll the- leave it open. Give me, give me them toes. <laughs> All right, Phil, you have to pick your favorite question. Your favorite question. Uh, oddly enough, because it got me singing a song, gotta be the safety dance one. Fuck. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) What we like to do here as well, Phil, is shame people. So I need you to say the worst question (laughs) so someone can feel really bad about themselves. The one about the rats suck. Yes, horrible. Absolutely horrible. every Every single other one. There's some aspect of it that would go, even one about your toe, like that right. would hurt. You know, but like, but who wants to come on to nobody. a baby fizzle filled rat? But who wants? But who wants to be a cartoon baby? I agree. No, you know what? I could be a cartoon you know baby. I'm with Phil on this one. World. Bad question. It's just a. Bad I came up with it right before, so it's right. not. Like I, I, I think. You, <laughs> I think you should give. You should give him a two-game suspension. Now, yeah, he might have. Plus, he did a follow-up, which is disqualified. Phil, you've been more than grateful for your time. Gracious, grateful, great, bold. I don't know. Hopefully, you enjoyed it. Have <laughs> a fucking. Fucking awesome. Yeah, Phil, this is real cool. I hope you really enjoyed it. I hope it was different than other interviews you did. I, I hope we like to mix it up and like make it more of a backyard like type of bullshitting. So like, yo, man, really thank you. And what is that, safety dance? You have AirPods in. I don't know what you're listening to. Can you hear it? <laughs> it ain't. It ain't. You hear it? <laughs> it's definitely not my you music, hear? that's for sure. Yeah, the safety dance. Oh, yeah. We're dancing while we're leaving. (laughs) Everybody, have a good time, and I hope you enjoy Nickelodeon Month here. (laughs) (laughs) You can dance if you